the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Lots going on today. Tesla's at it again. Remember, sometimes you people will call and ask, and I'll do segments on what I will and won't do. Meatloaf, I won't do that. I, I just can't buy Tesla. It's too much of a dr- drama stock. And we're starting to see that the CEO is having issues with the drama and the pressure. Tesla's getting hit again, stock down 3%, below $300 per share. The latest drop comes after J.P. Morgan slashed its year-end price target from $308 all the way down to $190. Um, Tesla's stock is obviously in the news. Uh, analysts are looking at you know if the company is going to be able to take themselves private and or not. Uh, and this analyst says Tesla does not appear to have funding secured. So the SEC is involved. That's only going to make things more obnoxious for Tesla. When you're trying to get on with your life, you said something stupid, and then some people are trying to hold you to that. So interesting, right? Now, one of the things about investing <clears throat> that will make you a better investor start to learn that it's the unintended consequences that have the damning effects on Wall Street. And what I mean by that is um, Trump comes into office and you you 100% know stock market is going to go higher. It's, whoops, it didn't. Um, You 100% know it's going to go lower. Whoops, it didn't. Oil goes higher. You 100% know that that's going to hit the airlines because people will be able to vacation less. That's the conventional wisdom. But sometimes there's other factors. Uh, sometimes those factors could be, you know, pretty huge. For instance, if we have a drought, that may mean farmers kill the animals now. That puts a glut of meat out now, and for the years to come, it would probably lead to higher prices. But the drought immediately causes prices to go lower. For instance, here's a, <clears throat> one that we probably would not have been able to figure out. Used car prices right now are weirdly spiking higher. And Trump's trade war may be to blame. You know, this is kind of interesting because it would have been opposite, you would thought. Um, prices uh, at the auto auction have been better than usual lately. So, um, people having to uh, push forward their purchases is sometimes what tariffs will do. Tariffs on new car sales haven't been enacted yet, but the mere threat of them appears to be driving up prices on new cars. 
um, auto dealers are theorizing that consumers who might be in the market for a car in the next six to nine months are buying now to hedge against possible rising prices. Um, interesting, right? Pushing it forward. The used car market represents a far greater share of the auto purchases every year than new cars. It's like when you do reports on existing home sales versus new home sales. So in this case, the existing car market or the used car market has a far greater share. About 40 million used vehicles are sold in the U.S. last year. About 17.2 million new cars were bought. So we'll see how tariffs hit the economy on new cars or used cars. It's the used cars that appear to be getting hit hardest now. Again, all fascinating stuff. But even more fascinating was a couple years ago, we saw SodaStream. <clears throat> and they had commercials, and they probably had inappropriately sexual commercials on <clears throat> the Super Bowl. Um, but SodaStream is going to be acquired by none other than PepsiCo. Now, again, SodaStream allows you to make sodas in your home, kind of. Um and PepsiCo wants you to buy sodas in the store. Beverage and snack maker PepsiCo announced plans to acquire the at-home carbonated drink maker SodaStream for about $3.2 billion. What's interesting about this is I, I think we all would like to get to the world where we're not drinking so many plastic bottles with sodas in them. And that's something Pepsi mentions in their announcement that they're paying $3.2 billion. So a pretty big premium for SodaStream. And for years, a lot of people were like, you know, soda stream's awesome. I have one in my home. I make my own sodas. I save so much money. And people were like, that's not good for Pepsi. But it never really, I'm not going to say it didn't catch on. But it kind of hit a plateau, it felt like, especially in the world of investments. So grocery stores tried to transform aggressively with 70% of shoppers expected to buy groceries online by 2025. Retailers are squeezing brands on price and giving increasing shelf space to upstart in private label brands right now. So PepsiCo has to play business of home business. PepsiCo House has to play in the business of you know single serving plastic uh, sodas on the go. PepsiCo has to play in the business of theme parks and sports. So it's pretty interesting. SodaStream makes a machine with obviously those refillable cartridges, and we've all seen them. PepsiCo is finding a new way to reach consumers beyond the bottle, and yet, do, do they do they cannibalize their own world of beverage? God, if you put it that way, Coca-Cola and PepsiCo, how much of the world's liquid we put in our body from them, or how much of well, our body's liquid comes from either or? It's pretty frightening. SodaStream has a long-standing partnership with PepsiCo, which helps. They began selling caps for Pepsi and Sierra Mist drinks on the platform in 2015. So there's always some speculation that you know PepsiCo was counting the numbers and would ultimately make a decision. It's a big story of news today, huh? We get Tesla down below 300. That stock needs to be at 360 in 2019 um, for convertible stock purchases. Uh, elsewhere out there, we're seeing an analyst predicting Tesla to plunge because funding was not secured. 
And today you're seeing Saudi Arabia saying we're looking at a investing potentially in a Tesla rival. So if you have Elon Musk, the CEO, if he continues to say things like, oh, we're going to you know, make millions of cars, oh, we're going to make the best cars. But if he continues to have this track record of maybe lying, that hurts the stock and that hurts the obviously the investor worse. So that'll be nipped in bud soon. A lot of people want Elon Musk to take a leave, leave break in large part because uh, maybe he's working a bit too much. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about some investment ideas and how to enrich your portfolio. Don't forget, I always have seminars coming up. And when I do have a seminar coming up like I do currently, you can go to robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com, and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Good day. I promise more specific stock content in the coming days and weeks. I've been getting some feedback that you want more stock picky kind of thing. Galaxy Note 9, Samsung's latest phablet, part phone, part tablet. Uh, I guess you see what you want to see when you look into the eyes of a Samsung Galaxy Note 9. I read the reviews, and I honestly think we're getting to the point where it doesn't matter. The hardware's good. It's great. The innovation is usually going to be average to good going forward, whether you're talking about Apple phones or Samsung phones or what have you. There can be duds for sure, and the duds are you know opportunities for one company to take market share from the other. But with that being said, I, I got a feel that I, I'm not getting as much as I used to get from you know, staying on top of every little thing that the Apple iPhone X can do or the Alphabet Google Pixel 2 XL can do. But you do pay attention to it. And reviewers are, you know, pretty good with it. Um, But a lot of people are still saying, you know, sometimes you may want to wait for the next generation. Oh, but you may want to wait for the next generation. I kind of want to ask you, the listener, is are you... I'm entrenched in a market. I, I committed to Apple a few years back. Let's say you have a kid and you say, which movie? I'm going to get Star Wars or I'm going to get Alien, some sort of film that I'm going to show my kid. It's going to define me to him. And you're like, but I don't want to keep buying it. This whole racket that you know, VHS and Hollywood had for all those years where even if you bought a VHS cassette, you know, the tape would you know explode at some point in time and you have to buy it again, right? Uh, no, no, no. We had a club that copied all our video cassettes. Okay, okay. I get it, club guy. So, <clears throat> anyway, Nike. Before I leave Samsung and Apple, I want to say, you know, I think you're kind of entrenched in a system, in the ecosystem at some point in time. Let's say you buy 10 Star Wars films. Do you really want to buy those 10 films again, or do you want to flip back and forth between systems your whole life? That's one of the reasons uh, you know everyone's afraid of <laughs> winning the car wars as far as autonomous cars, because once you get one, you may not ever need another one. So 
Just a thought. Nike is trading higher today. An upgrade over at Piper Jaffray in Susquehanna. Nike shares have jumped 27.5% since the start of the year. It's a stock that I own. Uh, ultimately, what I see is a company that, <clears throat> if you watch a little Premier League soccer, if you watch the NFL, if you watch uh, any major sport, college sports, I just you see Nike everywhere. So Nike's having a winning year, easily outpacing the market in a repeat performance for 2017. Um, I've been telling you to own a Nike for years. It's not as sexy as Apple. It's not as sexy as Google. It's not as sexy as Facebook. But it's okay. It's nice. Um, oftentimes, one of the things, and I should put together this index because it would probably be pretty funny, of an index of, of stocks that sponsor halftime shows. This broadcast brought to you at halftime by Nike or the, the Visa Halftime Center. I would bet if you invested in the companies that have the advertising at sports arenas, you would probably do pretty well, especially the ones that buy television stuff. You know that company that did the laminate floorings that you know, caused cancer and they're pulling in cheap stuff from China? <clears throat> they do a lot of sports advertising. I think it goes hand in hand that like... You can make billions of dollars selling stuff that's marked up from hundreds of dollars. You, too, could do it. So Nike right now is gaining on Adidas and others just by eating their market share. Um, and I see one analyst with a price target of $93 on it. And if there ever were to be a global recession, <clears throat> of which there will be a global recession, um, this is a company that would hurt. You know, Consumers have less money. It's a problem. Nike has been one of those companies that does not have a great track record of paying employees well. And as they improve that, they have to pass on the cost to you and I. So that's out there. But, you know, I think Nike's still a buy. Um, I think companies like Disney and Nike go through periods where you'd be wise to, to sell and move on and look at elsewhere. No. You'd be a genius if you'd pull that off. So, but not so much is that really going to happen on a regular basis. Income investments that professionals use. No expert's going to look for returns of 7.5%. None. And in the rising interest rate environment, it presents people who want income from their investments, i.e. income investors, a predicament how to keep the immediate terms, the immediate cash needs up while, you know, guarding against higher interest rate risk. And a lot of the other theories are pretty simple. Well, you switch over to short term, or you go shorter term, or you go super shorter term, or you go super, super shorter term. That's what Michael Kitsa said to do. So a bond-heavy portfolio, if it's generating income, can be kind of dangerous because you can get caught up in these scenarios. But there's a lot of really good companies as far as reasonable dividends go. And notice, none of them are 7.5%. And if they were 7.5%, if 7.5% were easy, why would you ever invest you know, in the U.S. small cap dividend fund? It gets you a 2.87% return. Or why would you ever invest in Nuveen short duration high yield municipal bond fund that gets you 3.86% and you don't pay income on it? You don't pay income tax. Now, why would you, why would you do that? If you can get 7.5% easily guaranteed return, 
with, you know, an alternative investment. So a real estate portfolio to show you in the real world what it pays versus what some people will tell you they're good buddies and everything. The iShares US real estate ETF, you're going to get equity appreciation, but you're also going to get income. And that income is about 3.6% per year. What's worthy of note on 3.6% per year, that's not a bad return. It's not a bad yield. Um, and again, it shows you that the, the don't get too caught up in your expectations from what you hear from friends. But do get caught up in the fact that you know these are the what I just gave you, or the some of the the heavily most owned by institutions, by big money, and what they expect to get from income from their portfolios. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I can see Weezer, and it does feel like summer, but it feels like summer's ending. And I got to checklist Weezer off my band that I'd like to see live. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten more of those checked off, obviously. And that's a good thing because it doesn't seem, it seems a little frivolous. It's that time of year right now where people are heading back to school. And one of the areas that I study a lot is Generation X, Generation Y, Generation Z. Um, It's a time of year where students are headed back and we keep hearing more and more stories and it's funny because people complain about their generation. You know, how about us? Stop upping the price of the American dream on me. But I look at it as our children. And right now, if you look at co-eds or you look at, you know, kids going back to college and you think about how much they're going to have in debt and how they're going to delay having families and how divorces are going to happen because of money issues. Yeah, that's sad. But to me, when they have kids, they're going to be hitting the same wall and probably even more competitively. Student loans right now are sitting at $1.4 trillion and trailing only mortgages. Our mortgage debt in the United States is $9 trillion. Um, as Corn Ferry puts the average starting salary for a college graduate right now at about $50,390, $50,000 a year. Um, you can see that it's, we're not keeping up with inflation with the costs that we're putting ourselves on as far as <clears throat> college costs. Now, you know, again, I try not to say, okay, that's going to be the super negative. I don't want to be that guy. I do want to say there's some risk coming up, and I think there's the haves and the have-nots. <clears throat> do everything you can to continue to be a have or to work your way into that group. And I, I, I don't have social answers. And I don't have the economic answers. I save more money. I invest more in real estate. I, I, I do what I can to protect my future, my family's future, because I'm lucky enough to do that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense at all. So... Uh, stocks are up as a group, I would say today, because there's still hope on trade hopes. I think the Trump administration should probably be seeing now, if they haven't yet, that trade is tricky. 
And to go in and rubber stamp it one way or the other is probably not ideal. Generation Z is set to outnumber millennials within a year. So millennials are going to get passed. Now, past the avocado toast? No, they're getting passed in numbers. Generation Z is going to comprise 32% of the global population of 7.7 billion. Nudging ahead of millennials, who will account for 31.5%. Right? Uh, This is important because people, you know, when you see television ratings, they'll say things like 18 to 24, 24 to 35, and then no one cares after that. You can be the number one show on CBS, and it can be called the, the Curse of the Rob Black Rabbit. Number one show with like people over 60, and I won't make a dime. Lawrence Welk probably didn't make a dime, in large part because his viewers were old, and old people don't spend money. You know, you, you go to your sales team with an old you know, demo and you go, Hey, what do we got? What do we got? Dentures. Okay. We got dentures. What else can we sell? What else can we sell? Diapers. Okay. We got dentures and diapers, but you pay attention to generation Z and generation X or generation Z and Y in large part of the millennials. And because they spend money, they want, you know, clothes and they want, you know, boards and they want, uh, they want to travel <clears throat> because they're just now getting away from the, confines mom and dad so a lot more disposable income out of that group semiconductor stocks that i would look at one that i like very much so is nxp semiconductor you probably remember qualcomm was going to the chapel and they were gonna get married and qualcomm and nxp semiconductor kind of ran into this problem with chinese regulators uh-oh, deal didn't get done. So NXP was going to be bought as high as $127 by Qualcomm. So NXP then falls when the deal doesn't happen down to the high 80s, low 90s. I think NXP Semiconductor is a good quality company and should move higher. That's Rob's stock pick of the day. Holla. No. <laughs> Do the floss? No. Do the eagle? No. Uh, how do you celebrate a stock of the day in this day and age? <laughs> okay, we could use that. Michael Cohen is reportedly being investigated for over $20 million in bank fraud. One of the areas that's kind of interesting to note is that this weekend, I kind of got away from the news, and I was like, I wonder what I'm going to see Sunday night, Monday morning. I wonder what it's going to be. Is it going to be, you know, Trump said, Trump didn't say, Trump impeached, Trump didn't impeach security clearances, but the personal attorney for Donald Trump is starting to be leaked now that he's being under investigation for more than $20 million in bank fraud. And uh, the investigation into him is in the final stages. So I look at things that could ruin the market, and I've already brought some up, but you know, higher interest rates, especially if there's a bond market reaction that triggers kind of a financial reaction and triggers kind of a spike in rates. Um, potential for that can still happen, and it's it's, it's a real potential. Uh, Michael Cohen in the invest, Mueller investigations, I think that could create a lot of uncertainty. You know, <clears throat> do you remember when you woke up? <laughs> because that's right. 
Uh, do you remember when you woke up and learned, uh, maybe it was Magic Johnson had HIV, or you woke up and you learned uh, about 9-11? Things can happen really, really fast when you wake up and learn. So when you get a, a news cycle of a president getting into legal issues, or not, maybe Mueller comes out and says he's clean as a whistle. Um, it can create a, a reaction. One area that I want to get back to, I've given you NXP semiconductors this segment, but one area that I do want to get back to is, you know, being like a single parent and your desire to raise a kid is super important. And I even look at parents who have kids and it's a big financial challenge. And then you have to balance, you know, competing financial demands on competing parental styles and such, but I think it's important whether you're a married couple or an individual that you have a financial plan, that you have goals that you want to get to, and in that plan, you have things that take care of the kids. What's interesting is when you are a single parent, let's assume the other single parent is out there, and before as dual parents, you kind of had to like make some sacrifices. You kind of had to make some compromises. But money matters um, are important, and getting your both both parents on the same page would is would be nice, you know. One parent that says, "Okay, here's some the latest pair of shoes, and here's the latest video game," could show a lack of financial discipline. So, single parents by the numbers, according to the Census Bureau, there's approximately 13.6 million single parents in the U.S. I would have thought that number was higher. 13.6 million single parents. These parents are responsible for raising 22.4 million children. And the single parents, which do you think is the higher number? People who got married, had a kid, and divorced, single parent? Or people who never got married but had a child? Which is higher? What percentage of the United States of single parents never got married and yet had a kid or divorced, married, got, had a kid, and divorced? A little surprised. Never married, 42.6%. Divorced, 28.9%. So here's my advice is everyone should have a, a plan, and it, it needs an emergency cushion in case you lose your job. I see so many people kind of count on the fact, like, oh, I'm going to inherit my parents' house, so I might as well work in radio or be a bartender. Sometimes it doesn't work out like that. And to go back to where you should be, it's you start with an emergency cushion, an emergency fund lose your job and you know you don't want to drain all your money because down the road there's gonna be another emergency but emergency cushions stop you from spiraling out of control and going bankrupt as an extreme as a single parent you want to make sure you have insurance and you want to try to coordinate that with the other spouse or the other parent so car insurance is important home health life insurance you only need term life. Uh, typically, if you have a child, you get 250000 from age 0 to 17, another 250000 of term life from age, you know, college year one to college year four. Um, I throw that out there because that's what I do, term life. That's what CFP Chad Burton does. Uh, the best life insurance is term life, whole life, and variable life stink, and they got so many fees and commissions, uh, you lose. So insurance is super important, especially for single parents, especially if, you know, two parents did, you know, one of them did all the finances in the previous part of the relationship or not. So anyway, single parents and money, you got to think about this too, especially if you've got a daughter or a son who's raising a kid on their own. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. You know, you want to talk about what you're talking about? Like I said, money, investing, and more. Not the stories there are good. PepsiCo buying, you know, uh, SodaStream for 3.2 billion. You know, what was it? One week ago, Coca-Cola was suddenly a little bit more interested in getting into competing with PepsiCo's Gatorade by picking up Body Armor. All similar kind of money too, right? Um, not always similar, but obviously it's all about keeping up product and keeping up market shelf space. Uh, which is interesting because grocery stores used to dominate by shelf space, essentially, is the right way of saying it. Um, if we're delivering groceries, will brands go from packaging to commercials to branding on digital? Anyway, you get the idea. Fitbit, Fitbit has debuted a Charge 3 tracker with smart features and... If you've taken a look at the last year, slowly but surely, or the last three years, Apple went from you know no market share to dominant market share. So Fitbit, who is publicly traded, debuted its new Charge 3 tracker, the wearable, which is available for order now, is priced at $149, dollars depending on which one you get. And I just don't get it. I don't... This is not a... Competing investing in companies that compete with Apple is dangerous because Apple has so much R and D. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's nice to see that you know competition has pushed the designs a little bit further along, but I don't know. I, there's rumors that Palm is going to release a new phone, and it's like we don't need a new phone from Palm. Palm's done that once. Before that, they were the personal digital assistant king of the world. Um, I think we've proven we don't need it. So Fitbit's out there. Stocks are climbing on hopes of U.S. progress in China. Taking a look at some of the other big stories of the day. Um, some earnings this week from TJ Maxx, Kohl's, Urban Outfitters, Lowe's, Target, Gap, Ross Stores, Foot Locker. I do like uh, how that list, TJ Maxx and uh, Kohl's, are unique to me. But uh, how many dollars do you have to invest is a big question, you know? And do you go deeper than Amazon or do you go Amazon, Home Depot, TJ Maxx to get some diversity? Um, There's different ways of looking at it, right? So U.S. Treasuries are higher this morning, pushing yields lower across the curve. 10-year treasury sits at 2.84%. It's having a big problem getting above three. Uh, if the Fed raises rates one more time, you'll see it push above three. But almost you know, begrudgingly, it's as if the money in the bond market is saying, you know, you're not ready for three. Your economies aren't developed enough for three. Uh, money's telling us something there, in my opinion. Uh, consultant broker advisors taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show, right? Amazon. What can they get into? Uh, one thing you probably don't know, unless you really have all the time in the world, is that Amazon operates differently in different countries. 
And for instance, in 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 England, they're pretty well known for selling t- movie tickets. Movie tickets, they're well known for. They're also well known for uh, concert tickets. And I like that wasn't expected. So, um, I think you can see Amazon get into more things. I think one of the things that, that they have done really well is seeing a, a problem and let's go disrupt it. Now, I think there's going to be more backlash. Speaking of the haves and the have-nots, one of the first segments I did this hour was I, I think we're gonna, it's going to be a tougher and tougher world to, to bring kids into because I think it's more and more competitive. And Yeah, you could see kids marching with signs like, hey, we want a, a, a little wage, but what about their kids and their kids' kids? I don't think I don't think capitalism can automatically end well, and uh, we're on a path where it doesn't necessarily end well. Uh, we're taking on way too much debt. Hey, same old, same old. That's been a problem for a while, but it's not going to be a problem for me. It's going to be a problem for my generation's generation's kids. So something. Did I say that right? I probably didn't, but that's okay. Tongue twister. Tongue twister Tuesday. Uh, people have that kind of time on their hands. Anyway, tech in his general is getting a little bushwhack today. So the semiconductor index is getting beaten up. Tech's getting beaten up. Facebook, Alphabet, Microsoft, Apple, all a little bit on the lower side. Uh, crude oil has found a bid around $65, $66. Crude oil has been weak recently, telling you, hey, the world markets may be weak. So don't count on us to be you know, the dominant uh, strength plays that we've been in the past. So J.P. Morgan's back to predicting a Tesla stock plunge because funding not secured. Uh, Elon Musk has gone out of his way. He got attacked this weekend, which was kind of cute. To um, he was basically attacked on saying, like, "If you're tweeting at two thirty in the morning, if you're not sleeping, stop. Go get some sleep." And uh, he fired right back. What? It's like. There's a lot of jobs at risk here. I, I probably shouldn't be sleeping as much as you want me to. So that's out there. U.S. reportedly has refused to give Turkish bank relief in exchange for detained pastors release. That's out there. What's that even mean? Well, tomorrow when we wake up, we could have another drama in a different way. It could be Mueller. It could be Turkey. It could be a lot of things. Elon Musk can't seem to get out of the news right now. Something tells me it'll be about Elon Musk tomorrow because of that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.